and welcome to the 4P Management Podcast with Sudhir. I am Sudhir Chaudhary, Product Manager at Lenovo. On this podcast, share my learning on product and category management, marketing, business development, and learning from work and life. In today's episode, I'm really excited to have as my guest, Jason Bradshaw, CEO and co-founder of Bradshaw Co. & Company, which is a global strategic advisor, a keynote speaker on experience management, customer and employee experience, digital transformation and leading through crisis. This is the second part of our conversation where we will delve deeper into B2B and B2C and how can product and category managers take customer feedback to improve experience. Also, we will talk on how the employee experience and culture can transform the business. Also, I suggest to check out the first part of our conversation with Jason where we spoke how improving the experience can transform the business and why product category managers should always keep looking at the feedback between what the product promised and what the customer is experiencing. So do check out the first part as well. Now on to today's episode. With experience in everything from telecommunications to government, media and automotive, Jason has depth and breadth of experience to inspire, engage and deliver business growth as a global thought leader on customer and employee experience. In 2018, Jason released his first book. It's all about CEX, the essential guide to customer and employee experience. And it became an Amazon best-selling book in five categories and two countries. Since that humble start, Jason has transformed the way people interact with organizations across a litany of sectors. An absolute pleasure, Jason, to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Sudhir, it's an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks again, Jason. So before I uh, move to, uh, you know, uh, something with regards to employee experience, uh, since you mentioned about product and it kind of intrigued me, I know more about it from you. So uh, see, from product point of view, there are products which obviously, um, which is on the B2C side, right? Mm -hmm. Where the individual consumers are there, they will experience, uh, they might refer if they like it, or they might not come back. Directly, the com company will won't come to know, you know, mm -hmm. what's the feedback. That's, that's one. Uh, second is the B2B business, right? Mm -hmm. Where, uh, you know, the direct sales folks, teams are there who are interacting with, uh, you know, maybe IT manager or a procurement manager. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they have very, very uh, direct relationship. It's a very, very close relationship in which mm -hmm. they can interact, talk to each other. So, uh, in order to, uh, again, build a better experience from customer, uh, what do you suggest for, let's say, a B2B team to do more? And what do you suggest a uh, person who's, who's creating B2C products to do more in terms of, obviously, uh, be relevant and be, uh, you know, be on top of getting the feedbacks uh, which, which pertains to customer experience? So can you just outline the differences and the one or two things that should be done? Sure. So I think from the outset, we need to understand that consumers and businesses, whoever's obtaining the product is doing so to solve a problem or to achieve a better state. And 
the difference is the the direct relationship that we have and like you mentioned in that b2b environment quite often the procurement cycle is very guarded you know the procurement team will and the it team and the supplier are probably the only people that are allowed to talk to each other but yeah. once the procurement activity has completed in most instances you're able to have a bit broader conversation or a bit broader engagement. When I worked for Australia's second largest telecommunication company, Optus, which is owned by Singtel, Asia's largest uh, telecommunication company outside of China, it, what we did in the B2B space was actually to create user forums mm -hmm. that encourage business users to provide feedback. And okay. it was de-identified and uh, done in a way that procurement teams were happy for their users to be involved. So, you know, in one particular example, we just had an open invitation to people to breakfast where we would talk about, you know, some new product that was coming out or what have you. But during the actual breakfast and after the very small presentation, for every client that was in the room, there was a team member in the room and their job was simply to ask questions, not to respond to the questions, but to specifically say, oh, so, you know, you're a, um, how are you enjoying your Optus mobile? How are you enjoying the network? And, you know, they the, the customer could say anything they like, but we were, yeah. we were trained not to respond, but rather just to listen and to soak in the feedback. And then after that B2B environment, uh, the Optus team would identify what are the three most common things from all the customers that were in the room. And then those three things became the areas of focus and attention to either minimize uh, or reduce completely uh, from the B2B experience. Now, in that process, no procurement rules were being uh, abandoned. Uh, no individual was being named because it was all de-identified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was a really easy way for people to provide feedback. Now, there's many digital ways you could do that, right? Yeah. We just chose to do it in a very, um, in, in a face-to-face -face setting. So mm -hmm. I would absolutely encourage organizations to create communities uh, uh, that encourage feedback from their mm. business customers. And th there's a win here too, you know, quite often, Quite mm -hmm. often, procurement teams say no to things because they think mm -hmm. it's a way for the sales team to sell more. Mm -hmm. But if you create, uh, and in fact, I've negotiated contracts where we've put this into the contract, that you have to go out into the user environment so you can report on the performance of your product in the eyes of the users. Because there's two ways that procurement teams become famous. Procurement teams become famous by their CFO being absolutely delighted by how much yeah. money they're saving. Sick. And then yeah. by the users in the business being absolutely absolutely delighted by the solutions being Shins. provided. Now, absolutely. the one thing that is true about every CFO, they want to save money and make more, but they yeah. also don't want to spend their time dealing with complaints about any of their people, right? Absolutely. So yeah. you can absolutely create a relationship where you can have that user feedback in that B2B environment in a way that is about helping the procurement team be more successful and it not be your organization selling more. Now, you may end up selling more, but not the primary focus. And I think that's the key. You've got to come from a place of genuine care and value yeah. add 
and the commercial benefits that flow from that are a byproduct, not the primary primary purpose. Then in the consumer world, I think our job in the consumer world to get feedback on our products and the experiences we delivered are really simple. The number one mm -hmm. goal is to make it easy to get feedback. You know, I was sitting on a flight the other week and after I landed, I got a, mm -hmm. I received a survey. Yeah. And what I really loved about that survey is it asked me what elements of my experience I wanted to provide feedback on. So I okay. could literally give them a score out of 10 and nothing else, or I could give them a score out of 10 for the overall experience and then ask some detailed questions about you know, my in-flight experience or the entertainment or, or the various elements that I chose. So it was very self-directed. So it, you know, I could I could invest two seconds or 20 yeah. minutes. Now, yeah. the opposite of that is I was recently uh, with, uh, spent some time with the Walt Disney Corporation and I, I am a self-confessed Walt Disney fan. I think the organization has has and continues to achieve some phenomenal outcomes, both commercially and in the eyes of customers. Yeah. But I received their survey after um, being on um, a Disney Cruise Line. And while I was on the cruise, I received a paper survey. And then after I left the cruise, I received a digital survey. And there was some, there was some question overlap, but even worse, the questionnaire took like 15 minutes and there was no way yeah. for me to, to exit quickly. So by making so it, just, it easy for people, you'll get yeah, more yeah. feedback. And yeah. it's our job as businesses to be able to dissect that feedback. But the very first thing, if you're dealing with consumers, and yeah. we are consumers and we know how little time we have, right? So how can you make it easy and quick for people to provide you feedback? And then it make it the business problem to deal with analyzing that feedback. But don't make it the customer's problem to become your audit team or your departmental checklist. Absolutely great. I think so. It's, it's, it is basically placing the choice in the hands of the customer. How much time he or she wants to, you know, obviously spend giving the feedback to the consumer. I think I think that's really an important point that uh, obviously organizations, everyone, and even the surveys should obviously keep in mind. And uh, I think the other thing, Jason, uh, I think what you have, you've, I mean, simplified what, what I mean, uh, I think uh, uh, as a as a learning, I think even in the B two B setup that you mentioned is that the end user ultimately is a consumer, right? Even if we are, we are selling to a company in the B2B setup, the end user is a consumer of the product or service. So as you said, the user group feedback. So basically, if, if those users are happy, obviously the CFO, the procurement team definitely will be happy. And, you know, uh, if they are complaining, then obviously one cannot do a sale. So I think I think really I. Yeah, so, yeah, so I worked for a company once and um, the my job was basically to hop on a plane and go and meet with the head of procurement or the chief financial officer when they were at the stage of ripping up the contract. And the mm -hmm. one thing that was common in every organization that I had the unfortunate conversation with around why do you want to leave us was yeah. not about price because price was quite often the reason they chose us. Yeah. But the reason they wanted okay. to leave us is because their user community was yeah. so annoyed with the mm -hmm. performance against the promise of the product. And so I would encourage, especially if you're shipping a physical product to an end user, okay. to do something 
in that shipping process that create mm. starts to create an opportunity to get feedback from that end user because yeah. this because those end users in businesses will be the reason the price becomes the second conversation absolutely and and that is absolutely our job as business to business sales people yeah yeah suppliers product managers how can i create that relationship with that end user you know, it can it doesn't even have to be the most prettiest thing it can be a sticker on the front of the box that says i want to hear about your first seven days uh in this and you don't even have to incentivize it because mm -hmm. it's not about mm -hmm. getting hundreds of thousands of pieces of feedback it's about just starting that conversation and getting feedback i cannot uh, you know more uh, you know agree to it uh, more than what you have just said because uh, you know uh, the user experience and the user feedback i mean i have had a lot of uh, cases wherein our sales teams are talking to customers where uh, price became a secondary uh, factor in the final decision the user feedback of the product of the quality of the product and the experience of the product was of paramount importance i know uh, obviously that this discussion started with price but obviously price never came into picture uh, later so i think uh, a great uh, i think this that's one of the great insights i think I, now i think uh, uh, as we spoke about product and as we spoke about organizations, uh, you know, being relevant and what can they do to improve experience. I think at the end of it, it is the employees of any organization, right, which uh, decide or which can do whatever, uh, you know, companies, you know, are willing to do. Or, or mm -hmm. as you mentioned in your words, the product or the company, what it promises is uh, with regards to the employee experience okay and obviously what all they can do and they should do so what i've uh, come across basis you know my experience is that today organizations have different roles and responsibilities you know the same role in a large company could have a different responsibility versus uh, same role in a startup or in a you know mid-sized company now uh, obviously one employee switches company here and there and there are different role changes and all so how can employee experience be improved you know so that employees across organizations and role you know they feel uniform or they feel better when they are doing mm -hmm. their uh, jobs because and, and i think as you also uh, keep saying that from startup to global enterprise culture is what is everything so in your uh, learning and understanding uh, how do organization ensure that an employee experience is obviously at its best and is there a way to if i can say this is there a way to uh, standardize experience across different uh, sizes of the organizations yeah yeah so i i think that it starts with what is your intention as an organization so I think about companies like the Ritz-Carlton, who have a very public employee promise. You know, they mm -hmm. make it very clear to the ladies and gentlemen that apply for a job that they're looking for a certain sort of behavior, a certain form of commitment to the experience that they deliver to guests. But in return, they also make a number of promises to the individual about what mm -hmm. their experience will be like. And okay. really, employees are trading their time 
for money on the promise of for, for on the promise of money and and other things right and those other things i don't mean healthcare or any of those sorts of benefits it's about the environment that they work in the brand that they represent what it means for them to be associated with that organization so i think it's just like with the customer you need to start from a place of your recruitment and in that your recruitment process what promises are you making to the individual now i know there's organizations out there that do free breakfast free lunch you know free whatever you know mm -hmm. fantastic incentive programs yeah. all of that is window dressing because mm -hmm. if everything else you promise you don't deliver on then yeah. that just becomes another thing that the employee can whinge about mm. when they aren't happy now happy. i have yeah. to say this employee experience is not about everyone 100 of the time being happy it's mm -hmm. about everyone being committed to the organization and in turn growing with the organization so uh, you know it comes with that intentional promise of what is it going to be like to work and then managing to that standard so as a manager within an organization let's just say we make a promise that no one in our organization will work more than six hours a day uh -huh. and then i have a manager that is making his team members or his or her team members work eight or nine hours on average a day well of yeah, my job that, that's not as a senior yet. leader is to hold yeah. that person to account and say Absolutely. this is not the promise we're making now it's a very simple example but yeah, um, yeah. I, I and i think the other part of it is having real clarity around responsibility and accountability. Now, responsibility is the task of doing something. Accountability is what happens when a situation occurs, like the task not being completed. Yeah. So be really, crisp, and, and whether you're a brand new organization or you know, a couple of yeah. hundred years old as a company, it, there is no better time than right now to get absolutely crystal clear around what mm -hmm. it is that you promise to your employees you know is it flexible work is it is it the types of offices or the location of the offices and i know people listening to this will say yeah but what if john who's one of my top performers doesn't like the promise well that's okay john mm -hmm. can work somewhere else because there'll be a bob or a mark or a mary or a jane that may be even better than he is Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. is aligned to the promise you know there's there's great employees that work for uh low-cost airlines out there absolutely wonderful employees who would not be successful in a full cost full service airline and that's because they're of the cultural differences in those airlines you have to employ people that are absolutely aligned to the promises you make to them and to their customers. You know, personally, I, uh, I'm always conscious, uh, you know, once I've put it out there in the ether that it might come back to bite me, but mm -hmm. you know, it would be, it would take some, take some cultural thinking on my behalf to become the CEO of a low cost carrier because I'm the person that enjoys you know a slightly different yep. experience to that experience. so, so yeah. you know i would come in and i'd be like why aren't we giving people free <laughs> free food and they'd yeah. be like, It'll, it won't even it won't even gel with what you you want to experience so then 
how you know that experience can be delivered to the customers absolutely and, and so the first thing that you need to do in an organization if you want to create an environment what to use your term where people gel together you need to be all recruiting from that same place what are you promising and what who and then through that promise who do you attract you know if 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 you're promising to me you know bean bags and table tennis i'm probably not going to be attracted to it but there'll be a whole pile of talented people that will be attracted to that environment right so it's not about the exclusion it's about the attraction of people that are aligned to your organization you know ibm has some really committed people and they're a very successful organization but the culture of ibm is very different to the culture of google yet both organizations achieve some phenomenal uh, results and they have phenomenal people work for them so if you want to get really intentional about the culture in your organization define the promise that you make to your employees don't walk by uh, and let those standards slip by ignoring when those promises aren't being delivered. And then make sure that you celebrate publicly achievement and coach privately when things don't go the way that you would like. And ultimately, in that process, you will have some people choose to leave your organization, but you'll also have people that will do amazing things. You know, I, I can remember when I started with an organization, it doesn't matter which one, but I started with this one particular organization and um, I was assigned a shared resource, an executive assistant, and mm -hmm. that person was going to be 50% assigned to me and 50% assigned to another executive in the in the business. And okay. yeah. I was warned about this person. Like, and, you know, I was told you can have this person for part or, or nobody. I'm like, well, I can't have nobody. Like, I've got a mountain of expense claims. I've got a calendar out of control. I can't have nobody. And they're like, well, you can have this person, but we need to let you know, you know, we have some concerns about the person's performance and they may not start may not stay around um, of their own choice or, or for other reasons it, a few years later everyone was saying that that individual was one of the most amazing executive assistants in the business and the only difference was was as mm -hmm. a leader i made it absolutely clear to them what success looked like and then got out of their way and let them be successful and absolutely you know, I, I share this story not because it's the uncommon, but I actually find it to be more common than not. I've worked in you know, so many different industries with, with different organizations of all different shapes and sizes. And in every industry, in every organization, when someone has said to me, this person is an underperformer, and I've had the opportunity to lead them and say, this is what success looks like. Mm -hmm. Here is the parameters in which you need to operate. This is what I promise to you in return. You know, I'm going to invest my time or the company's time or I'm going to do things to help develop you. Whenever I've been absolutely clear about the value for them and what mm -hmm. success looks like from my view, they have performed and made wow. their naysayers, you know, wow. eat humble pie. And so you get that when you get absolutely crystal clear about what you are trying to achieve and how you're going to go about it. And your people respond to that. And that's when you get a culture that creates a business that is thriving. Absolutely. I think wonderful example uh, of, of, I think, empowerment, if I can call it that way, of what you shared, Jason. And obviously, I think I mean, this comes from an attitude of being obviously uh, learned at the same time humble, right? Wherein you 
could show that individual a path of how success looks like and obviously as you mentioned crystal clear definition of you know what is the promise that you are going to do and i think uh, i mean this is from my experience i think whenever the person who's working uh, you know with anyone is clear about what he or she needs to do i think the performance starts coming um, automatically i think the underperformance as you mentioned was maybe because the goal was not clear and the guidance or uh, the way which you showed i think was was not clear i think wonderful example so if i have to just summarize of what you said i think four major things you said in terms of you know uh the employer employee and the culture uh, definition one is define the promise of what the employee will get uh like we define what customer what the promise for the customer i mean essentially you're saying that obviously define the promise for the employee uh the second is don't walk away or ignore the standards whatever you've set as a organization and i think that's that's one of the uh, key important thing third in you know i think in summary is to celebrate achievements publicly so that uh, the employee feel more motivated more you know happy about their contributions and the last is coach privately in case anything needs to be coached anything needs to be guided i think it's to it is to be done privately uh, so that the person who's being coached takes the message in a very very positive way so anything uh, you want to add as a last comments from your side for the listeners sure first of all i'm going to challenge the listeners to do two things i want them to make a phone call if preferably a phone call to a customer and ask the question what's one thing you think we could do better mhm that's great if mm. if they can't make the phone call then i'm sure there's some survey feedback or some facebook feedback there'll be feed the the key is to find some customer feedback hmm. if a, if if there's a problem fix it and then have the conversation internally about how can we make sure that we reduce or remove this friction point that caused the problem the second phone call or feedback mm-hmm. hunt if you like is to an employee now if someone's listening to this and they're not a manager they're not a leader of people then give a call to the person that is your most uh transacted internal client and mm-hmm. ask yeah. your colleague hey you know uh, i provide you with this report every week is there anything i could be doing differently that would make it better for you so you know two very simple actions to help you get closer to understanding that gap between the promise and the expectation and then the second thing that i would encourage uh, the listeners to do is of course uh, reach out to me at jason s bradshaw if they have any questions or if there's anything i can help them with and then because i believe in doing a little bit extra i would encourage your listeners to also share this podcast with anyone in their uh, environment that they feel would benefit from our conversation today so a uh, great i think uh, it's been a real uh, great time talking to you i hope the listeners will also get a lot of insights from your plethora of experience you know across industries and across the businesses that you have managed and run so i once again thank you for taking out you know time uh, from your busy schedule and you know uh, recording and talking to me thank you for listening to this episode of if you like what you heard please comment below share this information with someone you think will benefit from hearing it 
and do subscribe to my podcast so that we can stay connected to learn more about me please visit my website sudhirchaudhary.com you can also connect with me on linkedin or subscribe to my youtube channel also request you to please rate and review this podcast it will encourage me to improve and share more content